13. And you guys figured it out, right? Bible study hour, you guys figured it all out. So somebody help me. Y'all figured out when Jesus is coming back? Nobody answered it? That's a trick question, so I'm glad you didn't say anything. As we continue uh, to go on this journey through the Gospel of Mark, we're discovering that there's incredible depth in this journey of following Jesus. Through his sacrifice, we now have an opportunity to live in relationship with him. And it's all about relationship. A healthy relationship is one that produces fruit and is filled with faith. So let's look at Mark chapter 13, just a few verses at the end of the section. And we'll draw some application and try to connect what you studied to life as we go throughout our day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, the chance that we have to come together and study it together. Father, I pray right now that you would give us what we don't have. Equip us with what we need. And speak to our hearts and move us in the right direction. May you be glorified in this time. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Before we look at Mark 13, and we're at the end of the section, so I think we're going to be around verse 33, so you can turn there. It'll be on the screen in a moment, but I want to tell you a story. There's an old story. Now, I'm not, uh, where's my good friend? Preston in here? Must be, no, I just saw him out there. Okay. He would correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a hunter, but I'm going to tell you a story about a hunter. There's an old story about this hunter that was hunting in the wilds of Oregon. Never been to Oregon either, but I'll tell you this story anyway. This hunter was walking down this path, and he had his rifle nestled in the crook of his arm. He was traveling this old logging road near an overgrown forest. And as evening neared, the hunter began to turn his thoughts toward camp when all of a sudden, anyone ever been hunting? Okay, I just have memories just start flooding back. You know, I used to go hunting when I was a kid with my grandpa. It didn't really stick very long, but I would, we would be out and I, it'd, be start, it'd start to get dark and you're like, I'm ready to get out of here, you know? It's when you start to hear noises and things start wrestling in the bushes and even though you have a weapon, you're like, I'm not sure about this. Anyway, this hunter walking down a logging road, he's got his rifle, and he starts to think about camp. And as he's turning his attention toward camp and probably dinner and how he's going to sleep that evening, a noise exploded out of the bushes. And before he could lift his rifle, a small blur of brown and white came shooting up the road headed right toward him. The hunter said, it all happened so fast, I hardly had time to think. I looked down, and there was a little brown cottontail crowded up against my legs between my boots. The little thing was trembling all over, but it just sat there and didn't budge. You see, wild rabbits are frightened of people, and it's unusual to see one. Every once in a while, you'll be driving through neighborhoods, and you'll see one scamper off. But it's highly unusual to have a rabbit run between your feet and hide. Now, I've also been rabbit hunting. And you have the dogs hollering, and you're running through the woods at night, and never once did I ever see a rabbit. I don't know what they do out there. But this hunter had a rabbit run and just nestled right between his legs. 
While the hunter was puzzled over this, another player entered the scene. Down the road, maybe 20 yards, a weasel burst out of the bushes. When it saw the man and its intended prey sitting at his feet, it froze in its tracks, its mouth panting and eyes glowing red. It dawned on the hunter that he had stepped into a little life-and-death drama in the forest. The cottontail, exhausted by the chase, was only moments from death. The man was its last hope for refuge. Forgetting its natural fear and caution, the little animal instinctively crowded up against him for protection from the sharp teeth of its relentless enemy. The hunter did not disappoint the little cottontail. Raising his rifle, he shot to the ground just underneath the weasel. It leaped into the air and rocketed back into the forest. For a while, the little rabbit didn't stir. It just sat there, huddled against the man's feet in the gathering twilight. Where'd it go, little one? The hunter asked. I don't think he'll be bothering you for a while. Looks like you're off the hook tonight. Soon the rabbit hopped away from its protector in the forest. Now look with me at Mark chapter 13, verse 33. You probably looked at it this morning. You've heard this scripture before. But let's look at it one more time and draw a few implications from that. Verse 33, Jesus is speaking. And he says, And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard and stay alert. Now what's he talking about here? All of chapter 13, Jesus is talking about his return. And here we find the last recorded teaching of Jesus in the book of Mark. And it's very important. We have to pay careful attention. And Jesus says, be on guard, stay alert. Verse 34, the, son, the, the coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. Verse 35, you too must keep watch. For you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Verse 36, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Here we see that last recorded teaching. But what is Jesus trying to communicate in these few short words. What's he trying to tell us? Even if we step back and look at the whole of Mark chapter 13, what's he trying to communicate to his followers? What do his followers need to know? Be ready. Mark is writing at a time when the whole world seems to be falling apart, falling apart from the people around him. Now, that's funny that we can say that then, but how many of you have ever woken up or gone to bed and thought, my world is just crumbling. How many of you turn on the TV and you think, this world is just falling apart? Well, in a time when it seemed like Jesus' followers were experiencing something incredible, and they felt the world is just falling apart around them, Jesus speaks these words. There's so much being said in this chapter of Mark 13, but what is the command or instruction that Jesus is trying to communicate to his followers? What's the point? Well, today I want to share with you two things. I want to share with you, number one, what does not matter, and number two, what does matter, okay? And you can follow in your guide if you want, or you can just sit back and listen. I would just encourage you not to fall asleep. 
because you might be made an example of today. What does not matter? As Jesus talks about the return and the next step in the journey, what does not matter? Three things that don't matter. The day, the hour, or even how he returns. Now, we spend so much time, especially as followers of Jesus, we want to go to classes and we get excited when we study Revelation because we want to know exactly how he's going to come back and when that's going to happen, don't we? We love to read books about how Jesus is going to come back a certain way or a certain time, or we watch the news or we try to read the signs. I know we studied the very beginning of Revelation at the beginning of the year, and there were many of you that were disappointed that we didn't finish the book. We don't have to. We know how it ends, right? But it does not matter. For you right now, it does not matter the day or the hour that Jesus is returning. That doesn't matter. That's irrelevant to your life at the moment. It doesn't matter how he's going to come back. Is he going to ride on a horse or is he going to come down on a cloud? Are we going to float up to him? Are we going to meet in the middle somewhere? Maybe we're going to ride a boat. No, we, don't, we won't do that. Boats aren't good. There we go. It doesn't matter how Jesus is going to come back. Not to you right now. That doesn't make a difference. Our focus should not be on signs. Your Christian walk should not be focused on the signs of when or how Jesus is coming back. In your Christian walk, in your daily life, your focus should be on Jesus and His calling on your life. That's what your focus and attention should be on and not worrying about when or how He's going to return. That's going to take care of itself. And there's nothing you can do about it either, right? You're not going to have any influence on when or how He's going to come back in that way. Right? Maybe. It could be a trick question. But our focus instead, instead of signs, should be on Jesus and His calling on our lives. So what does matter? For the Christian, what matters? What is Jesus talking about that we need to apply to our lives here in Mark chapter 13? Well, He repeats a few things over and over again in this short passage that we have to pay attention to. What does matter is, are you ready? What does matter in your life right now is whether or not you are ready for Jesus to return. And that's a question we all have to answer, and we all will answer one day. Are you ready? Notice what he says here in this scripture, verse 33. He says, be on guard, stay alert. Verse 35, keep watch. Verse 36, don't fall asleep. That's hard on days like today, isn't it? Don't fall asleep. Verse 37, watch. Be alert, be ready, be ready to move. And we see that example that he shares with the, the homeowner waiting, or the servants waiting for the homeowner to return. Notice the four different times that he tells us to remain alert. Those four times or those four watches throughout the night. What Jesus is trying to tell us here is to not get caught asleep. 
For the Christian, he's telling us, don't neglect your assignment as a follower of Jesus. Don't squander your resources focusing on the when or the how, but do your job as a Christian. As a follower of Jesus, you should focus on the task that you have before you. You should work faithfully because He is coming. You should work with assurance because it is Him who is going to return. We should be faithful and we should work hard with assurance knowing that He will return. We don't have any influence over the how or the why or the when. What we do control is what we do today. That's what we control. That's our task that's in front of us. Be ready. <clears throat> you know, as I've been chewing on this passage for over a week, and it seems like things have happened one after the other all week that kind of just landed right in this lap. Guys, the life that we live now, the world that we live in, did you know it doesn't belong to you? Now, we think it does. And I hate to upset anybody this morning, but your life does not belong to you. The world you live in, this area of the country, this part of the world doesn't belong to you. It all belongs to God. My friends, we've been entrusted with something extremely valuable with our life and our world. So therefore, we should give it our best every single day. Give it your best every day. The life, this life that we live is only temporary. It's one that will prepare and equip us for eternity. What you do right now determines how you will live in eternity. Are you passing the test? Did you know that? Has anyone ever taken a mulligan on a day? Anyone ever done that? Think, you know what, we need to, we need to punt and start all over. You ever done that in your life? Reset the clock. You know what I'm talking about? You've ever had a really bad day and you're like, you know what, this was a waste. No one's ever had that happen in their life. I must be a problem person. Every day must count. Every day matters. You've been entrusted with something incredible. You've been given the opportunity to impact this world in an incredible way today. What are you doing with it? How are you living it? That's going to determine the next step in your journey in life. Now, I'm not talking about positivity. And we're not getting all touchy-feely here. But this is legit stuff. Unfortunately, we focus on, I'm a Christian now, I'm going to heaven, and everything's going to be okay. And we sit in our recliner, we turn on the TV, and we let life go by. The call is not that. Jesus is telling his followers, be alert, be ready. Be diligent and work hard with the task that you have before you today. Do your job. Be a part of the training ground. Because the choices that you make now, the things that you do right now, are going to impact eternity. We were having a discussion last night. We were comparing this to movies. 
And it was it was awesome. We have I don't know if y'all have discussions about heaven and the next step and that transition. And we were discussing whether heaven was a place or what it's going to look like. Y'all ever go there? Yeah, has to have a lot of questions asked that you don't know the answers to. And they started. My children started comparing this life to movies and how what you do right now is just to prepare you for the next step. And you guys know that this life is temporary, right? I mean, it calls us, us a tent that's temporary. And the life, the body that we have, the life that we live is not our permanent location, place, or body. What we're doing now, the life that we're living now is just a training ground for what we're going to do in heaven. The spiritual gifts and the skills that you're developing right now in your life, you're going to use in heaven forever. So some of you need to get to work, (laughs) right? We need to figure out what those are and start using them. So when Jesus comes back, we're ready to use them in his kingdom. Now, for some of you skeptics out there, heaven is not a place where you're going to sit on a cloud and play a harp. It's not going to be a place that's boring. It's going to be a place of production, of use, of worship, of excitement, where every good gift that you have is going to be used to God's glory in heaven. It's the best of everything that we see in this world. Take away all the bad, it's all the good. This world is a training ground for that next step. What are you doing with it today? On Friday, we, um, I spent the day at the kids' school. They had field day, and it was a great day for field day. It was like 50 degrees and spitting rain. It was awesome. But after we were done, we had to go downtown and get some donuts for a baby shower uh, yesterday. So we went, any of y'all been to Hertz Donuts? That's where I've, we filmed Friday at 5, if you see that on Facebook. I'm sure you've seen my kids in the background eating donuts, doing that. But we had to park in the river market and walk down to Hertz. And we, we uh, parallel parked on the road and then uh, walked toward the pay station. Since I didn't have any cash or change, I had to you know, go to the pay station with a card and play that little game. There's a woman on the side of the road, on the sidewalk. And when I walked by, she said, Sir, do you have any change? I'm hungry. And she was rough. And I had my children with me. And there were people everywhere. And you know how you get protective and you kind of get nervous. And I told her, I said, I'm sorry, I don't have any change. I can't help you. And, you know, she looked down. And unfortunately, I had to walk past her to get to the pay station. Well, let's say fortunately. And then I had to walk back past her to put the ticket in my car. So we did that. And when we were walking back to her, she got a little rough with me. And she said, sir, I don't want your money. I just want something to eat. I said, ma'am, I can't help you. I don't have have any money to give you. And so we we cross the road, head down to Hertz, and uh, we get some donuts, and we eat some donuts, and we order the donuts to go. And in in my mind, I'm thinking, we're going to walk back past this lady with boxes of donuts. (laughs) And so I prepare in my mind what I'm going to do. But before I even get there, my daughter says, Daddy... Why don't we buy her some donuts and give it to her when we go back by? And I said, Caroline, that is an excellent idea. Let's do that. You see, every day, every day, you have an opportunity to make an impact on this world. And what you do today 
is going to make a difference in eternity. The question is, are you paying attention and are you ready to do something about it? Are you ready to do something about it? We must be prepared for Jesus' return. If, if we are found worthy, then we will receive the promises. There are three promises we'll receive in heaven if we're worthy, if we're found worthy of His calling. Affirmation, well done, my good and faithful servant. Promotion, you've been faithful with a little, I'll entrust you with much. And celebration, heaven is going to be an incredible celebration with our Savior. My question is, are you ready for that? Are you preparing right now for that, that day, that next step? You know, the rabbit, remember that rabbit? That rabbit had an uncertain future. That rabbit was running for its life. And that rabbit just happened to luck out by finding refuge in one who is greater than the enemy. Sometimes we also feel like we're running for our lives. Anybody there? We never stop. We've had some late nights. I'm kind of thinking those are normal. That's every day. Sometimes we feel like we're running for our lives. The predators of our past, trouble, worry, fear, uncertainty of the future, they wear us down to the point where we feel like the weasel is going to win. But the Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. No matter how rocky and uncertain life may seem, we are promised a bright future. Jeremiah 29 tells us that. He affirms that promise. No matter how troublesome life may become, how uncertain our future may seem, run to your protector and huddle at his feet. Just like that rabbit ran to the hunter, we can run to the feet of Jesus and seek protection and safety. Jesus stands with his arms wide open. Here in Mark 13, Jesus warns us about the future, but does not want us worrying about the future or even trying to figure it out. Jesus, in his humanity, says, I don't even know when these things will occur. His focus was not on figuring out the future, but on remaining faithful to the mission. So how can we do this? How can we remain faithful to the mission by standing close to the Father and focusing on Him daily? So my friends, what are you focused on today? What's your mind set on today? Are you ready for the Savior's return? Last night we went to a birthday party that was a Christmas birthday party. Anybody ever been to a Christmas birthday party in May? few of you have. Let me share this poem with you that's Christmas themed, but very appropriate for the moment. Author is unknown, but just so everybody knows, I didn't write this. Are you ready? Twas the night before Jesus came and all through the house. Not a creature was praying, not one in the house. Their Bibles were laying on the shelf without care in hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not one ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And mom in her rocker, with baby on her lap, was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. 
Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With the light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day. The light of His face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning just like He had said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw Him in spite of myself. In the book of life which He held in His hand was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as He searched for my name. When He said, It's not here, my head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his Father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life, and when comes the last call, we'll find that the Bible was true after all. Guys, as we continue this study through the Gospel of Mark, we're discovering that there is incredible depth in this journey of following Jesus. We must live our lives in the light of the reality that Jesus is coming soon. So we must remain faithful to the task which we are called. Do you trust in Jesus as your Savior? And are you making an impact on the world around you? The call is simple, make disciples. Are you making a difference? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the day you've given us, for the chance we have to come together and worship. And as we've studied today, the implications of your return and what that means in our lives. Father, I pray that today you would remind us the importance of being ready and the need for us to be diligent and faithful each day to give you our best. Father, if there's anyone in this room this morning that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be that day of salvation. Father, for those that need a little, a little push in the right direction, I pray that that's been provided and they would step up, step to the plate, and make an impact on their world and not waste another day. Father, move in our midst now. In your son's name we pray. Amen. As we close our service, uh, we just want to provide a chance for everyone to to respond to anything that uh, Jesus has spoken to your heart uh, this morning, whether it's through our, our song service, maybe it's in your Bible study hour, God's just impressed something on your heart. Maybe it's through the message, you know, you just you just need to respond to Jesus. We want to give you a chance to do that. And the guys are going to come forward in just a second. And we're going to have you just sit in your chair, and as the music plays, just ask this question, Jesus, what do you want me to do?